This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty! The only thing we have to fear is fear itself! Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas, alternative media for discerning minds. I'm your host, Mel Fambergas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members for your loyalty and support. Tonight, we return to our core topic, UFOs. No, I have not forgotten or given priority to other topics. Remember, everything is interconnected. And to talk about how everything is interconnected indeed, tonight's special guest is Len Kasten. We'll discuss his new book, The Secret History of Extraterrestrials, Advanced Technology and the Coming New Rays. Len Kasten will be with us shortly. And while you listen to tonight's show, I'm currently at the International UFO Congress in Arizona. If you're here, don't forget to say hello. And if you just subscribed and are discovering what Veritas is all about, welcome. I will record as much audio and video as I can here, and will report back when I return. And speaking of guests, take a look at our upcoming shows. If you want a lineup of guests who are sure to open your mind 
in ways you never thought possible? Every show coming is just that. Oh, and to all of you Cliff High fans who kept contacting me for another show, well, Cliff is returning to Veritas, write this down, on April 15th, 2011. If you're a Veritas member and want to submit a question, make sure you go to the Manticore Forum. As you know, there are too many things happening right now. That's why I called this upcoming show Red Skies. It will air four days before the sun wakes up again. It seems that as the year progresses, the emotional language, I'm not talking about the webbot here, keeps rising everywhere, and events keep manifesting rather quickly. All I can say is buckle up. This year is turning out to be a bigger roller coaster than last year. To listen to tonight's interview and all our interviews, including Veritas TV, where I'll be placing many of the interviews conducted at the International UFO Congress, become a member. You'll receive instant access to all of our material. And remember, Veritas survives on your voluntary subscriptions only. No censorship. So if you've been listening to the first segment of the show for some time, don't you think it's time to listen to the entire show and support our work? I hope you do. Just visit our website, veritasshow.com, click on the subscribe link, and take Veritas with you. You can now download the latest show via the iTunes link. That simple. And if you're new to the show and are overwhelmed by the number of episodes, then purchase the 8GB metal-cased USB drive with Season 1 or 2. They both come with bonus material that you won't get anywhere else. Go to the Veritas store for more information. And don't forget, you can buy MMS right from us. If you don't know what MMS is, go to our past shows link and listen to my interview with Jim Humble. This is something that should not be absent in your home. It's one of those things that's better to have and not need than need and not have. And if you need to get in touch with me, go to our website, veritasshow.com, and click on the contact button and join me on Facebook. And now, get ready for an up-to-date survey of the vast array of issues that are now emerging into the public consciousness regarding an extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race. This interview will open your mind and introduce you to realities and experiences you may have mistakenly assumed can exist only as fiction. If the answers to the questions about what this means for the human race don't go anywhere, Len Caston is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you are listening to Veritas. Most of the great music you hear right here on the Veritas show is supplied by the independent artists from Jamendo.com. If you hear a song you like, go over to our homepage, VeritasShow.com, click on the guest, look up the song, and download it. You can even buy the group's CDs, in many cases, right there at Jamendo.com.
this is Dr. Brian O'Leary, and you're listening to the Veritas Radio Show. Len Keston has a bachelor's degree from Cornell University, where he majored in psychology and minored in literature and philosophy. After graduating from Cornell, he entered the United States Air Force Aviation Cadet Program. While in the Air Force, he experienced a UFO encounter that had a transformative effect on his life, although he didn't realize it until a few years later. After serving in the Air Force, he moved to Richmond, Virginia. On frequent trips to Virginia Beach, he spent a lot of time in the extensive New Age Library at the Association for Research and Enlightenment, ARE. The organization's founder, Psychic Edgar Cayce, where he acquired a self-education in metaphysics. He then moved to Boston, where he was introduced to theosophy and joined the Boston Theosophical Society. Then later, while working in Washington, D.C., in the 1960s, he felt drawn to join the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. NICAP. NICAP was the most prestigious organization in the country investigating UFO phenomena. Land then moved to Hartford, Connecticut, where he joined the American Philosopher Society. Upon the death of the founder, Cyril Benton, Land became the president of the society. In the 1980s, the APS, under Land's leadership, commenced a program of weekly public lectures by prominent metaphysical and ufology researchers, writers, and leaders. While living in Connecticut, Land became the editor of an early New Age publication, Metamorphosis magazine, co-founded with Gordon Michael Scallion, and directly from Southern Arizona, where our temperature broke a record yesterday, 18 degrees Fahrenheit. I would like to introduce for the first time on Veritas, Len Caston. Hello, Len, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Hi, Mel. Thanks. I'm good. Well, Len, in addition to the background that we just heard what really started your interest in UFOs and extraterrestrials? I believe you had an experience. And before we start talking about your great book, which I just finished last night, The Secret History of Extraterrestrials, Advanced Technology, and the Coming New Race, what was that moment that started you into being a researcher? Well, I really think that experience I had in the Air Force um, had, a, had a profound effect on me, although I didn't realize it so, because, you know, frequently abductions like that are buried in the subconscious but that's what drew me to join NICAP about three years later. I'm convinced now because at that point, uh, UFO research was not very popular, yet I was drawn to do that. And uh, that exposed me to a wide, a wide swath of uh, UFO information. Can you describe that encounter that you had? Well, I was in the Air Force uh, in a barracks room. Uh, there were two of us in the room. And uh, I never wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning for any reason. I didn't at that time. And something something uh, prompted me to do that. I jumped out of bed and ran to the window, and no sooner did I do that than I saw the, uh, the craft flashing by. It was a green and gold phosphorescent color, moving very, very fast and very silent. And I watched it go out over the Gulf of Mexico with my face pressed to the window. Something made me watch it. I can't explain what it was, but... Now I see that if I had been abducted and, and had been returned to my room, then I would have, of course, run to the window like that. It would have been uh, the natural thing to do. Uh, the next morning, the tower operators came in and said they had four UFOs on the radar that night on the, at, at the end of the runway. And I said, well, I saw one, something coming from that uh, part of the runway. They said, well, go report it to the UFO office, which at that point I had no idea what a UFO e even was. But I did. I found the office, and uh, there was a captain there. He had a multi-page questionnaire. He was not at all surprised at my estimated speed of the craft to be about uh, 
I guess we calculated it to be about 16,000 miles an hour based on when I first saw it and when I saw it disappear. And uh, none of that surprised him. And now I realize that he was probably the Blue Book representative uh, at Eglin Air Force Base at that time. And so uh, I think I was taken on board the craft because a day later I got very, very sick. And I've learned later that uh, getting this kind of flu-like sickness is is symptomatic of having been on board a craft. It happens to a lot of people. So just putting it all together, uh, apparently uh, I was abducted at that point and learned something, although I have no idea what, that uh, prompted me to later join NICAP and uh, has has caused me to have a lifelong interest in UFOs and ETs. And uh, well, part of your book deals with the hypnotic regression and, and, and the hybrids and all that good stuff. And you mentioned some names uh, like Bud Hopkins and, and uh, Dr. John Mack. Did you ever seek uh, their assistance with uh, uh, hypnotic regression to, to see if you could recollect more of what happened? I never did, but I'm sure that if I, did, if I were to do that, something interesting would come out. Because right. it's the only explanation for how I got so involved in uh, metaf- not only in UFOs but in metaphysics. Because I think it was because of that experience that prompted me to spend so much time at the Casey Library in Virginia Beach, as right. well. And for those who who know, of course, most people in our audience would know who the sleeping prophet is, uh, Edgar Casey. But starting with your book, we have so much more to cover, and I don't want to waste any time. In your book's introduction, Len, you made a comment that caught my eye. You said, "Quote." While Voyager 2 is expected to reach the Sirius starts, uh, start system in only 296,000 years, it might be more expeditious to deliver that hopeful message in person to the Syrians already here on Earth, working side by side with humans. Right. Please expand, and, and you have any proof to confirm this? I would direct you to the books on the Montauk experiment at Montauk Point, Long Island. I think you probably have uh, some knowledge of that, don't you? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I had Stuart Swertlow last week and Preston Nichols in the near future. Oh, you had Swertlow on your program? Yes, last week. Oh, that must have been exciting. I'm sorry I missed that. <laughs> yes. He, know, he knows a lot. <laughs> Swertlow knows a lot. Anyway, I think uh, Swertlow or, may have told you, but certainly Preston Nichols will, that the aliens who are working at Montauk are, are Syrians. And they're working on time travel uh, there in that underground base, or they have been uh, in the past. So we we know that we know that the Syrians are working there at least uh, with humans, and my my uh, information is that some of those humans are ex-Nazis. So um, that links it up with the time travel experiments that the Nazis were doing way back before World War II. So there is and this is there. a. And this is a big portion of your book that I'd like to discuss uh, later as well, the Nazi connection. It seems people, they seem to forget that the Nazis uh, lost the war but won the peace. And there's evidence out there to to show what may have happened with them, going all the way to Antarctica after or before the war ended, suspecting that they were going to lose the war, transferring the technology down to an underground base in Nusuabinland, and maybe to the moon, maybe to Mars, but we'll discuss that later. The beginning of the book starts with a name known by probably most of our audience, George Adamski. Give us a summary of George Adamski's experience and why is he so important to any researcher? Well, Adamski was unusual in that he was... um apparently made telepathic contact 
with uh, with the extraterrestrials prior to his encounter. So uh, he was because he was a, a, a teacher of philosophy, and he was in his fifties when this happened. Uh, he knew about telepathy, and he had been teaching uh, about telepathy to his students. So he was. Uh, it, it came easy to him when he had that encounter with uh, Orthon in the desert uh, on November the twentieth, nineteen fifty-two, which, which is exactly what uh, the the encounter that I cover in my book. So that first chapter tells the whole story of that encounter that he had uh, with Orthon, uh, who claimed to be from Venus. Uh, November that he called it uh, in his in his book. The chapter is titled the memorable November 20th. And he gives the whole story there, and my chapter is taken from that story. And in that same chapter, and by the way, I'm so impressed because a lot of the people you mentioned here, we've had the privilege to, to interview. One of them, it's our mutual friend, uh, Bob Dean, Command oh, Sergeant yeah. Major Robert O'Dean. Why is he also so important to the UFO community? Well, as you, as you know now, having read the book, you know that I devoted the whole set, second chapter to, to the Bob Dean story. Yes. And uh, because Bob, uh, you know, when he had the experience in France uh, while working for NATO, uh, he didn't really understand all the implications. He read a top-secret book that was the result of a three-year study by NATO uh, that, that proved indisputably that we are being visited by uh, extraterrestrials. They came to that conclusion after a thorough study um, of, of the UFO incidents in Europe at that time. Uh, that changed his whole life because he had no inkling of any of that having gone on before. He had no knowledge of anything relating to UFOs. So uh, he, but he was he was sworn to secrecy, and he took he had taken the the oath, the security oath. So he he couldn't tell anybody about it until he retired, which was about, I think, 17 years later. And uh, then he, he started another career in Arizona, and so he, he didn't say anything about it for another 12 years, I believe it was. But finally, when he did, uh, he had, by that time, accumulated a great deal of more, in, more information over that 30-year period about what was going on. And he had uh, connections with some of the most knowledgeable people about UFOs, including including uh, uh, Colonel uh, Wendell Stevens, who lived mm -hmm. near him in, in Tucson. Right. So by the time he actually started speaking about it, he had already accumulated a tremendous amount of information, a lot of files, and he learned a lot due to his connections. So he had a lot to contribute, and he has a lot to talk about. And speaking of uh, the late Colonel Wendell Stevens uh, being in Tucson, the day before he passed away, Len, I got a phone call from somebody who said there's an estate sale taking place here and they have hundreds and hundreds of books and publications and, and manuals and, and papers about UFOs. You want to come and get them? So I went and I purchased the entire lot and uh, a lot of it included all of Wendell Stevens' work, a lot of it uh, in plastic, wrapped as collector's items, and unfortunately, the next day, he passed away. Isn't that a coincidence? Boy, that is amazing. So you have all that material now? I do. I do. It's, uh, it's wow. taking probably half of my office and my studio here. Uh, so many books, you won't even believe it. It's all stuff from the 50s. I have hundreds of news newspapers coming from all the way from the 50s till now. You don't see a lot of that material uh, in our newspaper.
Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.